Here we are yet again in the kitchen. The brown rice is cooking in a rice cooker. Leia's here as well. She's kind of far away though right now. I don't see what she's doing. You know exactly what I'm doing. Oh, you're working on the special brownies? Yes. Yes. Yay, special brownies. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. Yay. Yay. We have a bunch of news stories, as always, so I guess we'll get right to it. I, I guess, first of all, though, before we begin, like to thank the 20. That means we have now 20 subscribers that are listening to the show. We keep increasing every time. Yay. Yay. That's exciting. So thank you all for joining us. We're going to start off with a consumer alert coming to us from Turn to 10 about hackers targeting Netflix accounts. So what was this one about? Because I didn't have time to read it. You didn't have time to read it? No. No, okay. What hackers are trying to do is figure out people's username and passwords, and then they actually sell those Netflix accounts for 50% off to someone else. Huh. Yeah. Is it like on the dark web or something? On the dark web. So essentially... A Netflix account could range from $100 to $150 a year. You divide that in half, you sell it to someone, you just made a nice profit right there. So they're basically, excuse me, there are people who are just using other people's accounts? Then? There are people using other people's accounts, and most people don't realize it. Some of the people, though, that have found out that someone else is using the account is because all of a sudden they'll see a new user because you can add multiple family members to a Netflix account and they'll be taking a look and wondering who is this random person with a random profile. And You don't really get charged more for that, do you? No, you don't. Mm -hmm. No, but what happened was is that this one guy saw a random profile that said the word Loreen on it. And he's like, who's Loreen? I don't know who Loreen is. And immediately knew that there was a problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, The guy who had his Netflix hacked mentioned that she watched some kids shows, some dramas, and then some TV shows. Mm -hmm. But then once he realized what was going on, he changed his password and utilized the special function within Netflix, which allows you to sign out of all devices and forcibly get rid of anyone that you don't want to have access to your Netflix account. So, yeah. The problem is, when it comes to the hackers, even though Netflix blacks out most credit card info, the hackers can use those details to send victims a special email asking them they need to update their account information. And the partial credit card number makes the email look legitimate. So as a result, they then have the information that they need to then sell that Netflix account to a third party. And usually what the third parties will do is they won't do what Loreen did of creating their own user account. They will actually just watch under somebody's account, which means you could technically have an account that you have meant for kids and the kid could be watching whatever kid shows they're going to be watching. And then somebody hacks in and they watch an adult show. Well, now Netflix is going to start 
offering up uh, adult shows. Is that the... Oh, that's the rice cooker. It makes me sad that everybody's hacking everything. Because we noticed that with, like, maps programs, too. With with math programs? Maps. Oh, with the maps. Like yeah, that... Because um, it's like there's so many things that were designed really to help people. And they're just being used for bad purposes. Right. I mean, if, if, if your maps are hacked, which some people are doing online... Well, didn't that happen to us? Yes, it did. We were, like, in the middle of a highway in the middle of a snowstorm, and all of a sudden it was like, we don't know where you are. And we're like, we're in a very civilized, you know, area, so to speak, right? Well, because somebody removed the road from our map. Right. Because there are editors out there that can actually edit roads. Mm -hmm. And somebody decided to be a little malicious on the Waze site and take away our road. Right. So as a result, we were driving in the middle of air. Right. I mean, like, fortunately, we knew roughly where we were and we were able to figure it out, although it was not a road that we usually take. Right. But it, it was The road less traveled. Well, speaking about the hackers becoming more sophisticated, children have a credit report that needs to be checked. And even though they're not old enough to swipe a credit card or take out a loan, hackers are essentially using kids and children's information um, kids and children are the same thing yes fine kids and children might be the same thing youngsters how's that sound whatever okay whatever they are the thieves essentially are using their information because they know they can get away with it and they know that the parents aren't going to check the credit scores of these kids. Right, so they're like using their information, you know, to like their identities. They're using their identity for identity theft and essentially being able to get loans and tax breaks and all sorts of things. That's horrible. I mean, I had a similar situation, not directly to me, but with like voting when I first moved up here, because I was living in Rhode Island before, and so. You know, I tried to, like, cancel my voting for Rhode Island, right? Like, now I'm living in Massachusetts. And I, so I thought I did. I mean, I went through the state. I wrote to them and all this stuff. And then, like, my mom went to vote, and apparently my name was still on the ballot. And I, I guess basically what had happened was, like, they were not keeping up with people who were moving their names around. So everybody was, you know, doing voting fraud. Just because the state wasn't keeping after it. What am I talking about? I'm talking about, like, identity stuff, right? Right. I'm half asleep right now. And, and... It's, it, was, it was really sad, like, to see the system work that way. Well, they're saying that there's a way you can tell if your child has identity theft. Mm -hmm. And that is if they start receiving pre-approved credit card offers <laughs> to the home. Right. And they're, like, In the, five years old. And they're five years old. Right. So they're saying as soon as you do that, that's when you need to immediately start contacting the various agencies, which John Oliver did a beautiful job explaining. If you haven't seen the, this clip, you can look up his <laughs> credit report companies that he decided to make. But really, what's happening is is that by the time these kids are 16 years old then like trying 
Right. That's when they discover there's a problem, and by then it's too late. Right. So they're saying, according to the Experian, they're saying from uh, birth, parents should be checking all three credit rating agencies once a year for their children. I mean, it really makes me wonder moving forward, like, all of these methods that have been put in place to try to help with security for people, like, if, if everything is getting hacked. Right. Like, everything. You come with something new, it gets messed up. Well, here's... Like, I wonder what they're going to end up doing. The, the Attorney General, for example, are recommending that adults freeze the, their ch- child's credit report to prevent the identity theft from happening. But there is a major problem. Somebody's going to figure out how to get into it. Well, besides that. Um, so currently 22 states have laws that let parents or guardian freeze a minor's credit report, even if there hasn't been fraud. But at the same time you don't have the ability if one hasn't already been created. So let's say, for example, you don't live in Arizona, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Michigan, New York, North Carolina, Oregon, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Virginia, or Wisconsin. That's a lot of places then you cannot freeze your child's credit card uh-huh. or credit history because you don't have the one. process of unfreezing it, though? That's... Because, like, I mean, what if there's some situation where all of a sudden you just need to look at it? Right, right. right. They're, they're saying the, the problem that, that takes place is that once the kid ends up 16 years old, mm-hmm. they, don't re- they don't know that when they were younger... Their parents froze their credit history. You mean so they're like trying to get into it and they can't? No, they're trying to get a student loan, for example, okay, right. and they can't because their credit history is frozen. Right. Speaking of that, you know the thing we were talking about with like jobs and the. Um... John Oliver. He okay. was mentioning it. Oh man, that just drove me crazy. Uh, so, they're doing like credit checks on people when you apply for new jobs. Oh yeah, um, if you I'm apply sure for. Everybody's experienced this, but it just disgusts me. It really does because like the reality is that whoever, you know, if you you would kind of assume that if you have a lot of debt on your hands at that point when you're applying for a job, then you probably just came out of college, in which case you're technically quote unquote more qualified, right? Because you have this education. But now they're saying, well, you have debt, so we can't take you because you might steal from us. Right. Like, that's just completely backwards to what everybody always thought. I mean, like, where it could be more likely the other way around. I'm not saying people who don't have college degrees, like, can't do anything. I mean, I've experienced a job market that way myself. And, like, you can be very qualified for what you're doing without having this fancy, you know, diploma. But, like... You know, it, it just, it really reverses the logic if you think about it, right? If, if there are any college students listening to us, which there may be, we don't know who those 20 subscribers are. But knowing about this <coughs> is really important, especially the idea that your, your apartment rental, your job, your car loan, your student loans, your... Almost everything, soon it's going to literally be everything, has a credit check associated with it. Well, we had that when we tried to open an account for oil. 
They, that was that was a whole other situation. Like I mean, they wouldn't even explain to us why. And I guess it was a situation where it was like a, you know, plan that was divided up over the course of a year, right? For the yeah. oil. But like it just, it was like I'm I'm just looking to heat my apartment. You know, I'm not looking to like buy a house here or something. Right. And that messed us up for a long time. Like you have to really pay attention to these things. I mean, we were paying attention. They just were being inflexible. The company. Yeah. No, I can I, I can understand that. It, Do you it, mind if I run the blender for a second? Are you gonna run the blender? Just for one second. I, I don't know if they're gonna appreciate that. Just one second, okay. All right, run the blender. Hold on. All right. It's not gonna take very long. Just... I I'm sure. Do you imagine everybody fast-forwarded through that, or did they actually sit there and listen? I don't know. To a blender. I don't know. Being blended. I don't know. Uh. Come on. (laughs) Well, I guess I'm not lying when I say that we are at our kitchen table. You having are a at discussion. The table. I'm up cooking while you're at the kitchen table, my friend. Well, well, someone has to be at the kitchen <laughs> table managing managing the noise and, and the sound. Has to be that's managing your stomach too. Well, that's true. <laughs> I do eat a lot. Yeah, you do. <laughs> if they don't know me, though, they'd think that I'm this really large person. <laughs> you're with the amount. You're thin as a rail. I know, but I have two to three plates of whatever. Not as much as you used to. Well, that's true. So I'm not eating as much as I used no. to. Okay. You just eat healthier foods, like lots of fiber and protein and, you know, not potato chips anymore. No, it used to be a lot of potato chips. A lot of potato chips. That was before I came along and corrupted you. Yes, you definitely managed to figure out how to corrupt me. I know. In in the most positive way. Yes, thank you. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. Anyway. (laughs) Credit reports. What about it? I, I, th- I think we exhausted this. I think we did. Okay. <laughs> Another thing to discuss is... What what are you putting in there? Chickpeas. Oh. Oh, right, 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 for the brownies. Yes. Right. Because that's how we make brownies, <laughs> with chickpeas. Yes. Okay. Two cent price cut could mean $2 billion headache for the Postal Service. I saw that. Yeah. So... Postal Service has these forever stamp- stamps that you pay, what is it, 47 cents for? I don't remember. Oh, no, 49 cents. Mm-hmm. I think it is. And so, essentially, they are being forced to cut their price down by two cents, where typically the whole forever stamp idea was, well, the price is always going to go up, so this is your opportunity to buy it now. Wait, but you're, you're saying the cost of postage is going down, but forever stamps are forever stamps. Right. But do you understand how forever stamps work? Right, because you purchase it at the time, hoping that later the price is going to go up for stamps and you're right. covered. Right. Right. But everybody that invested 
by paying 49 cents just lost two cents on the stamp. Yeah. Right. The whole thing drives me crazy. I mean, I always like to use the postal service and snail mail, you know. Working with it, though, from a business point of view and, like, trying to ship stuff is a disaster. I don't think they understand shipping very well. Yeah. Because essentially, if we're trying to ship... Oh, that was loud. Sorry. Oh. (laughs) Sorry. It's not my fault. I can understand that. I'm going to protect the mic. (laughs) But essentially... If you're trying to ship a bunch of product to someone, it costs you less money to send out three or four boxes than to send out one box containing everything. Right. And just the whole thing makes a disaster for small businesses like us because, like, you know, it, it does cost us a lot to ship stuff. Right. So, you know, people are always wanting free shipping and stuff, which is very understandable because, of course, like, we like free shipping too, but... You know, you somebody has to pay. At the and end of the day. Especially when, right, especially when you're working with these small businesses who are possibly selling things that are very inexpensive, you end up in a situation where, like, you know, you the, the shipping is, like, almost as much as the product. Sometimes it could end up being that way. Right. Yeah. So it's very frustrating. I mean, I, I bet that if the Postal Service, like, fixed some of that stuff somehow, I don't know how, it would be easier for people to use. But I don't know. I mean, we were in the post office, like, a week ago, right? And yeah. there was somebody who was there to, like, supposedly answer questions for millennials. Yeah. That was... And that kind of made me sad. I mean, maybe I'm just very old-fashioned, but... Well, well just, just to paint the picture... Normally, when you go into the post office, you have to stand in a line, and then eventually you talk to someone. Right. In this case, there was someone trying to <laughs> pull everybody out of line that didn't need to be in line. Right. Because they had actual questions and weren't ready to make the postal transaction of sending something. Right. Yet, because they still had questions. Right. So, they literally had an, a question and an answer desk mm-hmm. at our post office right yeah i have to say though i think that i mean if if postage wasn't so expensive then people would probably make more use of it well that's what the alliance of nonprofit mailers are saying they agree with you <laughs> okay yes i mean like just obviously in, in different eras it's been like a more common form of communication but you know i have to say it's really funny like i have this book from the mid-1800s, because I love stuff like that. And it has, you know, it's like a ladies' book. I found it at a library book sale a few years ago. And there's an article in there about the Postal Service trying to decide if it should, like, you know, cease to exist or something. Really? Yeah. And I, So every time I hear this stuff, I'm like, well, history is just repeating itself. <laughs> like, that was, you know, 150 years ago, and they were going through the exact same thing. Great. Yeah. So I guess it's just the nature of the system, but I don't know. There's no easy solution for it. Doesn't seem to be. Speaking of letters, North Korea is trying to fake an Abraham Lincoln letter, which criticizes Obama. They're not trying to fake it. They're kind of like creating it and claiming it's from Lincoln. Right. But, But to me, that's they're making this fake Lincoln letter. 
My point is, they're trying to make it as if Lincoln actually sent advice to Obama, which is impossible. Like, the letter literally says, Hey, Obama, I know you have a lot on your mind these days. I've decided to give you a little advice after seeing you lost in thought before my portrait during a recent Easter prayer breakfast. And then the letter continues. Right, it was like before Lincoln's portrait. Not before Kim. Right, it's before Lincoln's portrait. Yes. Right. But, but they're making it as if it's... I don't know. I don't know. I was listening to something on um, NPR last week, which you'd get a kick out of, actually. It was, like, about um, some people, you know, maybe it was, like, in the 70s or 80s or something like that who were captured over there. And I guess he was, like, really into movies. Did you hear about this? No. And so he, like, basically kidnapped these two actors and, like, you know, he had this, like, whole, like, film vault thing that was, like, all his. Or maybe it was his father who had it. I don't know. But it was, like, it was really, really strange. Yeah. It, it's even weird that just North Korea even thinks that this is a viable form of... Right, that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a very different way of thinking. I mean, to, to be in that kind of society, right? I, I imagine so, especially the way that they believe that this is actually for real. Yeah. When it's not. It's not for real. It can't be for real. It's impossible. And yet, if you're in a society where all your thoughts are being controlled, I guess you could see how this could be for real. In a way. Well, if, you, if you're not used to sort of thinking outside the box. Right. If you're basically told what you need to be thinking. Exactly. But speaking about scams, consumers are having trouble with vacation rentals. Uh, well, yeah, I've been seeing that all over the news. Yeah, yeah. So rentals that are considered too good to be true are actually too good to be true. Surprise. We saw that coming. Beca- well, yeah, so in other words, just like, pay attention. Like, really read into things. Which is important because we're like in an age of, you know, Airbnb and all that stuff. Right. So it's like you really need to um, read between the lines and like research the place that you're thinking about and make sure it actually exists. <laughs> you know? But, but here's the thing that they're saying that's, that's fascinating when it comes to this. Having nothing to do with uh, Airbnb uh-huh. is that people are doing this on Craigslist. Uh-huh. Where there's no regulation whatsoever. Right. So they don't well, even... elsewhere as well, though. Well, they said said Craigslist is where the, where most of this fraud is taking place, mm-hmm. because the other uh, places that are out, out there do their due diligence. Wait, but not all of them. Like I was, I was hearing about this kind of stuff on more organized websites as well. Yeah. Yeah, I sent you articles about that a really long time ago. Maybe you didn't read them. I, I thought I thought I read that. 
obviously this is a similar topic to that, but you, we didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about no. it, no. I don't remember talking about it, but they're, they're saying that they're providing flexible renters in the summer, and most property owners actually require a Saturday-to-Saturday Saturday stay. Mm-hmm. And that's weird if it says this rental is flexible. In some cases. Well, they're saying in most cases. Yeah. It's just not the way it's done. Well, I mean, we've found some... We've, we've been in situations where we need to use things like that, you know, through the more organized websites. And it's been like... I mean, it, it, I, I can see how people would get confused with that, though, because, like, there have been times where it has been flexible because it's been off-season. Right. Right? Or whatever the situation yeah. is. They're, they're also mentioning that when it comes to payment, avoid wire transferring. Yeah. Actually use the site right. itself. Because the site is set up to be secure. Right. Yeah. Well, Craigslist isn't. But, okay. like, Airbnb is. Right. That's an example of something that is secure. Right. Um, Google the property address and make sure the picture matches right. the address that's being told to you. Mm-hmm. Along with that, look up the address in the town assessor's database and cross-reference the name of the owner. Mm-hmm. Once again, though, who does that? Yeah. Who has time for that? I don't know. I think that depends on the individual. And and there's I mean, if you think about it, you're going to go stay somewhere with somebody you don't know. They're saying the worst part of it is that the scammer actually even lists the real property manager's name mm-hmm. of the place. So even if you look at tax records, it has both the scammer's name and the real owner. Mm-hmm. So as a result, what's taking place is someone showing up to someone's actual home expecting to be there for their rental and the family that actually lives there wondering who are these jerks that are trying to get into our house right now yeah it's strange that is very strange can you we we had that situation with looking at an apartment a few years ago remember that yeah what was that again it's horrible well, it was a situation where, like, I think you had seen a place and, right? You had seen a place on, on, from, like, an organized realtor. Yes. Or something. It was very organized, but I guess the person, like, miscommunicated in such a way that I ended up going there, like, before the, it was supposed to be an open house or something. Right. It was, like, very, very confusing and ended up not being a very good situation, and obviously that didn't work out anyway, fortunately. But, but uh, in, in that case, what happened was is they sent the open house information way before it was supposed to happen. Right. So that I, the, think, I think the realtor was like, I'm at the open house or I'm at an open house or something. No, I'm at, I'm, at, I'm at the open house. Right. O- so, open house, come, come find me at the open house. Right. But didn't give an address for which open house they were at. Right, so they were actually at a different one, so I show up at this place thinking that's the one she was talking about. Right? Right. It was very confusing. Well, that was just a problem with grammar. That was a problem with grammar, and people do need to be very careful with their grammar when they're planning things like that because you can get into liability situations. Of course. But, I mean, that, that's what I'm saying about, like, you need to really be aware of who you're working with and what's going on. Yeah. I mean, that was a, a bad situation because, like, 
you know, with the way that the market was at the time, like you had to just jump on anything you saw. Exactly. Like you couldn't wait a day because it was going to be gone. I think it's like that with these rentals, you know, hotel rentals and stuff as well. Yeah. Because like if you wait too long, somebody else is going to take it and you're left with nothing. It happens all the time. Right. Uh, Finally, Obama is getting questions constantly from foreign leaders about the wackier suggestions that Trump and Cruz are making. Around the world, they are taking what Cruz and Trump are saying as legitimate. Well, legitimate or like, wait a second, is this really happening? Right. And the idea that these half-baked notions are being made, essentially, they don't think that something could be just a thought and not actually a plan. Right. And John Kerry is having a lot of problems overseas because the meetings are clouded by these statements. And as a result, everything is becoming less productive for the White House. Well, I can totally see that. I mean, if, the, if these companies are, are seeing these potential changes happening, like, you know, they probably are like, wait a second, who have we been talking to all this time? Right. And, you know, not knowing if the relationship would sustain itself moving forward. Right. That does complicate things a lot. But that's why I've been saying all along, like, when I hear people like Trump and the way he talks, you know, I can't imagine a diplomatic situation with that happening. Right. Like, any other country would freak out. Well, because here's the thing that's, that's really sad or amusing or however you want to take it. Essentially, Trump is mentioning they're going to build the wall with Mexico. Mexico says we refuse to build the wall. And as a result, Canada has announced that they are going to build a wall. Right. So the wrong area that America cares about is going to build the wall. That's what happens when everybody messes around like this. Yeah. I was actually listening to a documentary today about the War of 1812 and how Canada was involved in that, the United States and all that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much of that is playing into this, but I guess it's a lot. It's it's the kind of war that's not as fresh in the mind of the United States as it is in Canada's mind. Yeah. Which kind of, you know, maybe ties into all this. I mean, we don't know because we don't live in Canada. But, but with that, we are done. Okay. Do you have anything else to talk about? Because I don't think we got around to recording last week and, you know, this week we're... I mean, we're, 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 we are at the 30-minute mark. We did... End up spending a lot of time on the blender. Fine. Okay. All right? Yes. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Okay. Avram, wait a second. What do you mean? You forgot something. No, I, I, I told everybody that we'll see you I next time. I stick this on your forehead or something because you're doing this to me every time. Every time? Yes, every time. And I think you're just turning into a game, but it's getting really annoying. Oh. <laughs> must I? Yes, you must. Because it's totally true. Okay. Always listen to your wife. Mm -hmm. We'll see you next time.